Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hi, this is Charles Kelly. How are you doing today? Reporting here from a, a rainy, stormy, wet London. And it looks like the summer's over, but we always get a late burst in, in September. Well, yesterday I talked about the office situation that uh, the, the number of firms not planning to to, to bring back staff to, to offices seems to be increasing uh, after a, a survey by the BBC. Well, today, the the head of the CBI, which is the, they used to call it the Bosses Union or the, 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 the Confederation of British Industry that represents the biggest companies in the UK, said, we must rescue Ghost Town Britain. And uh, this is, we must rescue Ghost Town Britain. They're, they're, they're actually seriously worried that the, the city centres of the country could become a, a bit of a ghost town. Caroline Fairborn, the uh, or Dame Caroline Fairborn, the uh, head of the CBI, warns that unless the government does something, that city centres will become permanent ghost towns. And these are city commercial centres, you know, the centre of London, the centre of Manchester, the centre of Birmingham, that rely on people working in offices to, to come in and spend money uh, on on lunches and clothes and and bits and pieces in the office, and and that's they're, they're seriously worried that unless the government does something to to ask workers to go back to the office, that this is what's going to happen. And you know this comes as you, you've got like the NatWest Group, forty eight thousand staff working from home, HSBC, fifty two thousand staff, uh, forty six thousand uh, staff working from home, Virgin Money, eight thousand staff working from home, Metro Bank. Well, they're, they're a small company. Um, you know, lots of big companies uh, have got staff working from home. And uh, Barclays, 80,000 uh, staff globally, 70,000 working from home. Uh, Santander, 18,000 UK staff, more than 15,000 are, are working from home. Ernst & Young, the accountants, Deloitte, yeah, this list goes on. Is it the death of the office as we know it? Well, you know, if that happens, then city centres and places like that are, are going to really just literally become a ghost town. And it's it's a it's a serious thing. I mean, it's OK saying, yeah, it's all nice work from home, but it's going to be a big shift economically as to how those city centres survive. And then you've got to you've got to sit to the, consider the property market. You know, the reason people want to live in a pokey little flat in the city centre that costs hundreds of thousands of pounds is that they want to be near their, their job. They want to be near work, near the action. And then they've got the nightlife there as well. But then if you take out all of the jobs and you take out all of the employers, what's going to happen to that place? There's not going to be any nightlife. There's not going to be any day life. Uh, it's just going to be it's going to be completely dead. Uh, maybe not completely dead, but it, it will change the whole landscape and then people might think to themselves, well, they are, the company are asking me to work from home. I've only got this little flat. I haven't got a proper home office set up. I'm going to have to maybe move out to get a proper home office set up so that I can work properly from home. If, if I am able to work from home, why do I need to be in this pokey studio flat or, or some flat in, in London that's costing them a lot of money? Maybe I can move out, move to the countryside, move anywhere. Uh, and that, that could affect 
the property market in in these places. So I, I think we we will see an eventual drift back to working from the offices because I think employers need people in in one place. They they need the the, the buzz going on in in that place. They need the creative aspect of working together in one place. But maybe the idea of everyone going into work five days a week, uh, nine to five or eight to six are over. We, we don't know. Um, the, the employers will argue that it's right. The government's saying go back to work in the office. But, you know, they've got so many restrictions put on them and, and, and how how they can run their offices that they might think, well, sod it. You know, we'll just have everyone working from home. We've got uh, voice over IP phone systems, Internet phone systems that can you know, take a call and put it anywhere, anywhere in the world almost in an instant. So when you phone up, you don't know if somebody is actually working from home. I was speaking to someone from a council yesterday and they're working from home. How do I know? I could hear a kid and a screaming dog or a screaming kid and a barking dog in the background. She said, I'm sorry, I'm working from home. So it's not suitable for everybody. Not everybody has got a study room that they can use to work from home. And, you know, so it remains to see how that will, will eventually pan out. We mentioned also that, that landlords are having a bit of a tough time at the moment. Um, the government have put an embargo on uh, evictions and many landlords are not being paid rent. But it's also affecting commercial landlords because many of the commercial retail tenants have also uh, stopped paying rent or are, are, in fact are reneging on rents by, by going into a company voluntary arrangement, a CVA. So you, you've got uh, companies you know, large companies like uh, Pizza Express, uh, All Saints, Frankie and Benny's um, and Yo Sushi, which was a, a big star company in, in, in years gone by, uh, all saying that um, they, they, they want CVA rescue. But CVA is like uh, a voluntary arrangement that's almost like a, uh, a halfway house to bankruptcy where you, you go into this voluntary arrangement Individuals have an IVA voluntary arrangement, but it's to stop the company going completely under by saying, right, let's hold back everything at the moment. Let's put a ring fence around all the, the debts and the liabilities and let's uh, let's renegotiate things. So then they step in and say, right, we've got a lease for, for 20 years in this city centre restaurant or shop premises. And, you know, we're going to pay 100,000 a year rent, but we, 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 we want to write that off. Now, normally, if you, you sign a lease, that's it. You know, it's a binding agreement for life. And if you sign a personal lease on in your personal name, you can't really get out of it very easily without going bankrupt. But these companies are able to say, all right, we'll have a CVA and we're going to renegotiate. Right, let's, let's chuck that out the window. You know, let, let's tear that lease up and, and we're, we're going to sign something new or we're going to agree new terms. And in fact, a, a company called New Look, um, if, if you're familiar with the UK, you'll know the company called New Look. Uh, they, they sell clothes, a very, very profitable company in the past. Uh, they're going through a rescue package. Someone's given them 400 million to rescue them. Well, I wouldn't give them 400 million if, if I was running a fund, but someone's given them 400 million in return for, for an equity stake. Well, equity stake in what? They're a failing business. But for some reason, someone's given them 400 million. But then they're going through a CVA and they're asking... It's actually here in the paper. There are you might not be able to see that it might be reversed, but they're asking uh, landlords to cut rents to zero. They want to pay zero rent, right? They're going through CVA and they're saying to the landlords, right, we're paying you X amount per year. We want you to cut that to zero 
for the, for the time being, obviously, until we get back on our feet because our sales are down. And what do you do if you're a landlord? Because they might say, well, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll just, that's it. We're, we're closing down. You've got nothing. And then, you know, you've got to pay the rates. You've got to pay all the, the charges that, that are there. So, so this is what's happening. And as a landlord, I expect a lot of landlords will agree to that. Now, you might say, well, who cares? That's a landlord. It's not my problem. But it could be your problem because it could be your pension fund that is investing in these kind of retail outlets, retail parks, uh, shopping malls, uh, Oxford Street, all, all these places. They're all owned by big institutions and pension funds. And, and if they're not owned directly by your pension fund, they'll be owned by companies where, where your pension fund invests in that company's shares. So your pension fund might have shares in, in companies like Land Securities, for instance, that own a lot of big office and shop developments, shopping malls and developments, uh, city centres, out-of-town retail parks. And, you know, so indirectly, a lot of people are going to be affected by this. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people's money indirectly or directly is tied up in these huge properties. And we go into the city of London, Broad Street. I mean, it's a huge development. You know, the city of London used to be quite a staid sort of place. But now you go and there's shopping malls, there's there's wine bars, there's restaurants everywhere, all suffering because of because of what's going on now. So indirectly, it's going to it's going to affect, you know, a large percentage of the population uh, as as this goes, unless things get back to normal uh, and, and this virus just disappears and we all get back to normal, all go, like start, start going back to work normally again. But will that happen? I certainly don't think it's going to happen in, in the near future. Now, finally, if traffic is a an indication of how the economy is doing, the amount of traffic on the road, then things in some ways have picked up. Uh, an old businessman used to say to me, uh, you know, when there was a recession, he said, look at it, there's, there's no traffic on the road. That That's a sign that we're in recession. That was in the 90s, one of the other recessions I've, I've lived through, which I think was worse than this. Now I look around and, and traffic seems to get it, be getting back to normal levels. I was on the M25 yesterday, heading over towards Kent, over the Dartford crossing, and there were loads of lorries there, going back and forth, back down to Dover, over to Tilbury Docks, down the, the, the A13 to Dagenham and places like that. Uh, it was packed. It was like being in a, a, a trucker derby there. Uh, so things, you know, traffic-wise, things seem to be getting back to normal, but we know things are not back to normal. We know that tourism da is down. They say that Britain is losing 60 million a day just from tourism, lack of tourism or the fall in tourism. Um, some of the hotels have been managed to fill up with asylum seekers. So maybe the hotel groups are not doing too badly. I've heard that they've got some four star hotels uh, rented completely out by Serco. This is the company that, that houses asylum seekers. They've got a two billion pound contract from the government just to deal with asylum seekers. So maybe some of the hotel groups have adapted and filled their hotels with, with asylum seekers. And, and I'm not talking about small like budget hotels. I'm talking about very expensive city centre hotels are all filled with, with asylum seekers at the moment. But we know that things are not back to normal. Um, the help out to eat out to help out scheme has helped restaurants. The last day, by the way, is Bank Holiday Monday for that. So if you want to book up and get a get a cheaper meal, you can do that. So so things are looking pretty grim. And and I think when the furlough scheme ends, then we, we are going to see unfortunately I think we're going to see a lot of redundancies and uh, people uh, losing their jobs. And, and then I think things are really going to get difficult towards the end of this year. At the moment, the government is printing money to keep things at bay, to keep the, the wolves at bay. But 
I, I don't know what, you know, they can't just keep doing that forever. And, and that's got to be paid for somehow. So when these schemes eventually come to an end, that's when I think we're going to see the real effects of this recession. And I've seen it before and it, it is tough. I've lived through recessions. It, it's not easy. Uh, fortunately, we have low interest rates at the moment. But, you know, if, if you're a tenant, what, what's your landlord going to do? Uh, maybe landlords might have to renegotiate your, your rent as well, like like the big landlords. I, I don't know. We, we shall have to see how, how things pan out. Uh, somebody's doing well, though, a guy who owns a company called The Hut Group, which is an online retailer that runs online retailing for, for many of the large companies like Les, Nestle. Well, they're going to they're going to float. They're going to sell shares on, on the open market. And the the uh, the founder or one of the founders, uh, a guy called Matthew Moldin, never heard of him, could could end up with a 700 million windfall. So obviously some companies are doing well. The companies that are selling stuff online that have adapted to everything and uh, are, are making huge online sales, Amazon and, and these sorts of companies are doing well, whilst the traditional high street and the, and the retailers seem to be uh, dying on their feet. But this this was happening before, wasn't it? Before we had the, the coronavirus crisis, re- retail was already struggling. And now we've got, you know, Debenhams, um, in trouble, uh, John Lewis closing down stores, and you know it, it's happening all around. Many of these premises will, of course, be turned into residential. You can convert an office to a residential property under permitted development without full planning permission. That's still around, and I think we're going to see more of these. But eventually, you know, uh, the jobs have to come from somewhere. You, you know, if you convert all of the offices into flats, you know, who's going to buy them? So this is this is something that will, will pan out over the next few months, and you know we, we, we'll see how things are going. And yet, at the moment, uh, the stock market is is you know booming. The stock market, the Nasdaq and the MCI MSCI World Index is going up. Uh, it, it's actually it's it's booming. It's like the stock market doesn't know there's a recession on, and maybe it's because of the tech shares that they see will be doing well. You know the likes of the Fangs, the Facebooks, the Alphabet Group, which is Facebook, uh, Netflix and Google and, uh, you know, Apple and, and companies like Tesla, all, all the share prices are all doubling up this year. So, so they're, they're just steaming ahead like there's, there's nothing happening. It's like Wall Street and the City of London have a, live in a different world to the real economy out here. But I don't think that's going to last. I certainly wouldn't be piling my money into buying shares or property at the moment. So that would be my tip is is to hold back on on buying property or shares if you can, because I, I, th- I think there will be another correction either towards the end of this year or, or next year. So, so thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in on Facebook and on iTunes and Stitcher and on my uh, blog, moneytipsdaily.com. Thanks for listening and have a great evening. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 